Hey, this is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church, and thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you, we pray it blesses you, we pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m. And we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. Dear Lord. Can you all make some noise for our incredible team here, from everyone who's serving, to our worship team, to our teaching team. Y'all are amazing. Goodness. Hold on, I'm going to take this water bottle out of my pocket. There we go. Oh, man. Hey, how was that worship set? Come on. What in the world? Dear, dear Lord. Wow. Who's ready for Christmas this year? Come on. Come on. Who's the people in the house that's like, Christmas is about Jesus, he's the reason for the season, forget me with your gifts. Who doesn't want gifts? Exactly. <laughs> One guy. Be, don't be that guy. Christmas is going to be awesome, and we are so excited. Thank you guys for allowing our, our incredible team of volunteers and staff to have next week off. And um, really, it's just so that we can, um, you know, anybody can travel, they can go, they can do whatever, and um, really just start off January 5 on the right note, coming hard for 2020. Sound good? Awesome, but who is ready for Christmas in the wild? Come on. We've been in this series called Into the Wild, and tonight it is concluding on week, or tonight, we used to have service at 5 p.m. I haven't said it in weeks, and I just did it, my bad. Um, But today, this morning, good Lord, we are concluding our service Into the Wild with a message that I've called, where my note takers at? Where my note takers at? I got six note takers. Lord, six of us are coming to heaven. It's going to be good. Don't even worry about it. Um, But take notes. It's going to be good. But the title of my message this morning, contrary to popular belief, is not Christmas in the wild. It is justice in the wild. Justice in the wild. And this morning, we're going to come out out of... where are we at here? We're coming out of Matthew 26, 47 through 56. I'm going to read it. If you got your Bibles, awesome. Turn there. I'm coming out of the NLT, the New Living Translation. Um, but if not, it's going to be on the Sky Bible. Somebody say, hi, Sky Bible. Hey, Sky Bible. Hey, Sky Bible. He's got feelings. He needs to be cared for. Matthew 26, 47 through 56. Here we go. And even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Jesus said, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the, but one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slaves, uh, slashing his ear off. Peter, come on, dude. Put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for a thousand angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that described what must happen now? Then Jesus said to the crowd, am I some dangerous revolutionary that you would come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. At that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. That's a lot. We're going to pray. We're going to get into it. Does that sound good, church? 
Awesome. Father God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for this incredible, incredible, powerful time of worship that we've had this morning, God. I thank you for what you started in this room, God. That there wasn't an ear, there wasn't a mind, there wasn't an eye, there wasn't a spirit, there wasn't a heart that was stirred this morning, God. That isn't ready to receive what you have. So Father God, we hand this over to you. We make you King of kings and Lord of lords. We put you in your proper place right now, God. And if you will continue to show up over the next few minutes, Lord, as you already have begun, we will take advantage of it. So Father God, please rule and reign in this moment. In Jesus' my name of faith-filled church said. Amen. Amen. One of the things I forgot to say at the beginning of when I got up here was, if your first time with us this morning... We're so grateful you're here. I'm Pastor Matt McClure. My wife, uh, Adrienne, she's up here for prayer and praise. This is Pastor Adrienne, and we coldly take over church together, and we just want to say thank you for being here. So take over church. Can we welcome our first-time guests this morning? Come on. I know in a lot of places they do that, and they say that, and, and God bless them, and I think it's great, but here you can know that we actually are grateful that you're here because God is up to something, and we are so grateful that you are here to experience what he is doing this morning. So welcome, everybody. Thank you. Justice in the wild. I know. When you're like Christmas service, we're like, yo, someone's going to hit like the, the dear baby Jesus joke from, uh, from first or last Ricky Bobby movie, whatever that's called. It's ridiculous. Talladega Nights. Someone watches NASCAR pray for him. Um, but it's good. <laughs> There's got to be a better use of your time than watching somebody go in a circle for three hours. Like it's just, I'm just saying. Okay. But here at Takeover Church, we don't. We don't base messages and we don't base things around a certain time of year. We don't base it around uh, this hallmark idea of what Christmas is or what Easter is. No, no, no. We go by what the Spirit is directing us as a team and as pastors and as leaders. And so you might show up and there might not be no baby Jesus in the manger, okay? But know that what is going to happen today, what word that we have for you is from the Lord. And he is trying to do something in and through this church in this season. And I believe with everything in me. Does that sound good? So justice in the wild, man, I love, I love this idea that we've been talking about, Into the Wild. Into the Wild has been a series about how we as Christians, how do we react to the world that we now find ourselves in? Because before we were saved, before we bent a knee, before we decided, hey, Jesus, we're going to make you Lord because I'm not efficient at being Lord of my life. I'm going to make you Lord. And when that happens, we come alive. We were dead in the wild. We were dead in the world. We had no clue what it really was that was going on around us. But the second we came alive in Jesus, our eyes were open. Our ears were open. Our hearts were open. We saw this thing that we lived in for what it is. This wild, crazy, sometimes heartbreaking, sometimes just the most unfathomable things can happen here. And Jesus, when he awakened us to this wild, he didn't remove us from the wild. He called us into the wild. Amen. When he made us alive, it wasn't to shield us from the harm and shield us from what was going on, but to make us bearers of good news into the wild. We are here for a mission, not to remove ourselves from the world, but to go into the world. Not protect ourselves from the wild, but to be on mission in the wild. And so it's my, this morning, it's my hope and it's my plea that you would hear my heart and you would hear what the Lord has for us because there are people in this world that when we came alive, we finally recognize this thing for what it is. But there are people who are living lives far from God still that are living beat down to beat down, breakdown to breakdown. They're not going from hope to hope and glory to glory the way that you and I should be. No, 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 they're, lead, they're living lives that are beat down to beat down and breakdown 
to break down. But for you and me, for the Christians this morning, oh, get ready to make some noise. You and me, we know our word of God, our Bible in Hebrews. It tells us that we have an anchor for our soul. We have a hope. We don't just have a hope. We have the hope, and his name is Jesus, and he's an anchor for our soul. Amen. And so this time of the year, especially on Christmas and, and we get into these holiday seasons, people start feeling hopeless. People start feeling in a dark place. They start getting down. They get depressed. They start having suicide thoughts. There's all these things, worry, anxiety, fear. All of these things boil up at this time of the year. Loneliness is a catalyst for a lot of us to get in that place. And, but here as a church, we understand. We understand that we are called to be a light in this wild. That we're not called to fall to the temperature of this place. No, 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 no. Like a great guy, Zach Kramer once said, we are a thermostat. We raise the temperature of the wild. Amen? And so this morning, I want to come out of this idea of there is justice in the wild. You see, for a lot of us, especially in 2019, and I I dare I say it's probably going to get worse than 2020. What What a weird time we live in. We are in a place where we are seeking justice at an all-time high. We are seeking this idea of justice at an all-time high. What we as carnal creatures are thinking is justice at an all-time high right now. Right now, we are throwing people out. We are throwing doctrine out. We are throwing people under the bus. We are putting shame on them. So-and-so did this. So-and-so did that. They tweeted this 18 years ago before Twitter was even a thing. They canceled Like, we are out here seeking justice at an all-time high. And I don't know if it's because the world has gotten smaller because we're so interconnected now that we're hearing more about things and more things are coming out. In some ways, hear me, church. These are good things, okay? Like, obviously, there are things that should be stopped. There are things that have taken place uh, over the last 50 years that should be uh, reconsidered and changed. And there's some things that should be happening, absolutely, okay? But we are in a place right now where we as human beings, we are seeking this carnal idea of justice. As Jesus says, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. We are in a place right now where justice in the world's eyes, in the wild, is at an all-time fever pitch. And we are out for blood. But it is God's call. It was his mission. It is what he made Jesus exactly to do was to go into this world and rescue us from this carnal nature, from this carnal idea of what justice should be. This is not what we came to Christmas Sunday for. (laughs) But he came to rescue us. The reason he was born, the reason for Christmas is that he came to rescue us from our carnal nature. You know, I I know what we expected here on Christmas Sunday. And and I love that portion of scripture. Both Luke and Matthew, they have these amazing, amazing tellings of the story of Jesus. Scott said some of it with the three wise men, the whole thing. and, And it's amazing and it's great. And I love it, okay? I do. I do. I love it. Let's get the kids around the pulpit. Let's get somebody in a, in a nice cardigan sweater and let's read the Christmas story. And I love it. There are miracles. The Holy Spirit is there. There are angels. There are all these things going on. There is Joseph and there is Mary. Can we talk about Mary for a minute? Mary, if we wanted to preach this message on Sunday, man, we could talk about Mary and how, what does it look like when God comes to you and he says, man, woman, son, daughter, I want to do something so big in your life, but you run the risk of ruining your public image, of ruining your reputation, where people are going to cast doubt on who you are, shame on your name. 
where the people around you are going to start looking at you sideways because you believe God is asking you to do something so big that's crazy. And that's a good message. And maybe we'll touch on that in 2020. But I believe this morning, God wants us to take a look at this thing in our life where he is saying, my justice is better than your justice. My justice is better than your justice. What you're searching for, what you're craving for. As human beings, we will go for justice right now and we are just throwing out doctrine. There's Christians right now that we're like, forgive? Plank in my own eye? Nah, do you know what that pastor did? Do you know what that Christian did? And we start cannibalizing our own in this carnal nature. And Jesus' chief concern when he came wasn't to redeem our sense of justice. No, no, no. He wasn't coming to give us the right and go ahead to continue to consume ourselves with this carnal justice. But he came to give us a heavenly justice. Amen. There's something this morning that God is trying to get get to us so that he can get through us. Amen. And so in the story here that we pick up, we don't see Jesus at the beginning of his life. Can I come over here? Is this cool? We don't see Jesus. This is weird. We don't see Jesus at the beginning of his life. We don't see Jesus in a manger. We don't see him in a swaddle cloth having a party. We don't see wise men running. No, no, no. We see Jesus nearing the end of his life. Nearing what would be the end of his public ministry. He's getting ready to go to the cross. And here is this moment that we see Judas. And Judas, man, we like to talk a lot of trash about Judas. We make jokes like, yeah, you know, Jesus was able to, we talk about small group stuff. Jesus was able to lead 12. Well, I mean, he lost one. Like, we like to make these jokes. Judas is always the butt of the joke. But there's so much more to Judas' story, and there's so much more to what happens in this passage that I think most of us have scratched the surface on. We read this over, we go, yep, this is just what happens. Judas is just that betrayer. Here's what goes down. And then Jesus goes to the cross, and he redeems humanity while everybody was mocking and shaming him on the cross. But here in this moment, this is actually probably the most significant moment in Scripture. Whew, that's crazy. This is one of the most significant moments in Scripture. It's top three, and it's not three. This is an amazing moment where Jesus does something that makes no sense to the naked eye, that makes no sense to our carnal nature, that makes no sense for our sense of justice. We are calling for blood on so many people for so many things, and if there was ever a moment for carnal justice to be given out to people, it would be when the spotless, sinless, blameless Lamb of God, Jesus, was betrayed and was taken to a cross. The guy didn't do nothing. He didn't have tweets from 10 years ago. He didn't step out on anybody. He didn't fall from grace at any point in time. He bailed out on his parents so he could be found in the temple of God. He went about healing people, setting them free, making arms grow back and extend forward as they should be, calling people out of their villages, out of their shame, out of their scorn. Jesus only did great things. 
And he had a lot of grace and a lot of patience for those boys and those girls that he called alongside him to start this thing called the church. And so in this moment, here we see Jesus. He's with his disciples. He is fully well aware of what this moment means, of what significant is going to take place here. And here's Judas, the betrayer, as the writer of Matthew calls him. And he deliberates with these high priests. And he comes up with this plan. There was thought put into this betrayal. You know when they call it, they call it second degree manslaughter because it wasn't on purpose. It just happened. It was an event. There was things that took place and it ended up happening. No, no, no. And then there's premeditated murder. As you go to jail harder, harsher and longer, as you get a harder sentence put on your life because it was premeditated, because they know that this individual is depraved enough that he sat around and he came up with a plan. This was premeditated betrayal. They came up with this idea together that we're going to come in just like everything's good, just like everything's normal. We're going to greet rabbi with a kiss. And when I do that, when I plant that kiss of death on that man, you will know who to take. But here in this moment, something absolutely amazing, something absolutely astonishing, something incredible takes place in this moment. When Judas comes in and he plants that kiss on Jesus' cheek and he says, Greetings, Rabbi. Jesus, in this moment, he leans back and he pulls back Judas and he goes, my friend, do what you came here to do. I think this is missed on a lot of us. I think this is missed on a lot of us because here as church and as Christians, Man, we're all about modeling after Jesus. I love this piece of scripture, and I love to proclaim it, and I love to say, this is how we're supposed to be to the world. This is the kind of grace that we give to our enemies. This is the kind of love that we show to people who hate us and gossip about us. And we like to rah, rah, and it builds faith, and it builds the room, and it gets a big applause when you preach this moment. But truth be told, in this moment, you and I are not Jesus. You and I are not the disciples. Matt McClure, maybe you're immaculate in here this morning. Maybe you are great. Maybe you've never sinned. Maybe you've never done anything wrong in your life. But for me, I can tell you in this moment of scripture, I am not Jesus. I am Judas. In this moment of scripture, you and I, we are Judas. You see, in this incredible, incredible moment, at Judas's lowest of lows, his greatest sin, he went from being one of Jesus' most trusted individuals. He went on missions with Jesus. He saw healings and miracles like Jesus. He was even used by God to do miracles and things like Jesus. He, Jesus taught him like he did Peter, like he did Luke, like he did Thomas, like he did everybody else in the gospel, like he did John. He passed along. He sent them out in twos. He said, go and do this. Perform miracles. Heal. Spread the food. Do these things. Cast out demons. Judas was one of them. He was used by God. He had close relationship with Jesus. And his deepest moments, the 
to the uninitiated, to the people around him, he would have been like, yo, dude, Judas, you want to get ready for leadership, bro? You should have your own church. You're doing amazing. You're out here doing incredible things. You want to plan a takeover Kalamazoo? Let's go. Like, like Judas was trained up. He was a guy that was next up to help lead this thing to everybody else around him. He looked like he was doing so well. But on the inside, he had doubt. And on the inside, he had money problems. And he had a lust for money. And he was paid a small wager to betray Jesus. A man that made him alive to the world and called him into the wild. And in this moment, we see Judas' biggest sin. It wasn't cheating. And it wasn't stealing. It wasn't lying. It was betrayal. And in that same moment, the most significant thing, more significant to me at least, than the cross as Jesus looks Judas dead in the eye and he says, my friend. This wasn't snarky Jesus. This wasn't flipping tables Jesus. This wasn't ye of little faith Jesus. This was brother to brother, friend to friend. And he said to him, Judas, my friend. I don't know about you, but I feel like that's some really good news this morning. That in the middle of our lowest lows and in our deepest depths, when we go from the biggest mount of grace we've ever had and we fall from that thing, where we sin against our friends, where we've sinned against our family, where we've told lies, where we've broken trust, where we've stolen, where we've cheated, where we've done these things. Jesus, in those moments of our deepest depths where we've been, he looks at us and he says, my friend. If there's not another reason to make noise in this church, I don't know what it is. Come on, our God is so good. I don't know. He says, my friend. Nothing will ruin our old nature's sense of justice quite like Christmas. Because this is what Christmas is about. It's not about Jesus in a manger. That's cute and it sells a lot of stuff. And Hallmark loves it. But what Christmas is about is that God entered the world to rectify what happened. We talked about it last week. We talked about Adam and Eve. We talked about when they were deceived, everything changed. When they questioned the word of God over their lives, everything changed. Jesus didn't question the word of God over his life, and everything changed again. This is what Christmas is all about. Christmas isn't about shame. Christmas isn't about putting heaps of pain and doubt over people. No, 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 that has nothing to do. Jesus didn't come in the world for the church to sit up on a pedestal and look down on people and judge them. It came to tell those who have betrayed God, who have sinned, who have fallen short, who have messed up, you're my friend. In the middle of our depths, in the middle of our defeats, in the middle of our own mess, Jesus didn't bring down carnal justice on Judas. He brought heavenly justice down on him. In this moment, Jesus is taken. He is sealed with the kiss of death, and they, they take him, and they put him in handcuffs and shackles, and they get ready to bring him to Pontius Pilate, and he is to be hung on a cross. Jesus, in this moment, he could have judged Judas. He could have brought down carnal justice on Judas. Instead, he laid his life down for Judas. 
You see, friends, a big misconception in church today is that Jesus, his life was taken from him. No, 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 no. Jesus surrendered his life. Jesus' life wasn't taken from him. He surrendered his life. In this moment, Judas didn't take Jesus' life. Jesus surrendered his life for Judas. This is the best news of all time. He surrendered his life. His life was not taken from him on a cross. His life was surrendered by him when he called Judas friend. This is Christmas. This is what this day is about. This is what the 25th is about. It is the 25th, right? Just a little levity. This is what this is about. In this greatest moment of betrayal against God, when he betrayed the deposit that God put in him. I mean, how many of us is that? When we don't heed the Holy Spirit's wisdom for our life and his direction when we don't live by what the Bible says to do and we mess up and we reap the consequences because of it, when we are strangers in this land and we are living far from God before he came for us, I mean, how many of us is this? It, it doesn't sell a lot of t-shirts and it might not get the most clicks on Instagram, but friends, you and I, we are Judas. And in this moment, it's good news. You're not known by God as your greatest sin. You are known by God as his friend. Judas wasn't Judas the betrayer. Come and do what you've come to do. He was Judas my friend. You are not your greatest sin. You are God's friend. Judas was not betrayal. He was Jesus' friend. I don't know about you. I don't know about your life. I don't know how good you have it, how good you're doing or otherwise. But I know that for me, even as a pastor, being in ministry for so long, doing all of these things, I still mess up. I still have shortcomings. I still slip and fall from God. My praise report today was the one that said, I'm grateful for a redemptive God because he did something in my life over the last 365 days that I did not deserve, that I could not earn that I've had shortcomings, that I've had failures, that I've been Judas, and Jesus looked at me and he's like, friend, you're my friend. This is a good word this morning. This is good news this morning, man. I wish somebody would help me preach this message right now. Come on. And so as we continue in this passage of scripture, something incredible happens. Can we read something real quick? Check this out. He says this, Matthew 26, 55 through 56. Then Jesus said to the crowd, am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. And at that point, it wasn't just Judas that betrayed him. It was all of his disciples that deserted him and fled. They didn't just say, I don't know this man. They left this man. It's in this moment that we see another amazing thing happen. I think this is a word for somebody, and it really doesn't have much to do with my message, but here's a little, little side note, a little cliff note. Jesus 
isn't worried about authority. Jesus questioned authority, but he still submitted to it. That's probably a word from somebody. I know that we're in 2019. I know that it's December, and I know that a lot of political crap is going on. It's just that, political crap. Jesus questioned it, still submitted to it, honored God, went on his way to do amazing things. Let's quit worrying about what they're doing out there and start loving our neighbor, amen? Jesus, his chief concern in this moment wasn't what the high priests were saying, what the rulers of the, of, of the Jewish ways had to say. He wasn't worried about the authorities and principalities at this time. What he was worried about was us, was Judas. You see, in this moment of Scripture, the reason we want justice, the reason we have this carnal craving for justice is self-preservation. Oh, I need this. This would make something just in my life. If they got what was coming to them, I would sleep better at night. I would feel better. That would set me up for a win. If they get locked up, I'm going to feel leagues better in my life. We look for justice because we want self-preservation in this moment. Jesus wasn't worried about self-preservation. He was worried about soul preservation. He wasn't worried about his own self-preservation. He said it. I could call angels right now. And this whole thing would be done. These dudes would get beat down. My angels would do something awesome. And we'd all have something to Instagram about. Be like, my boy Jesus just laid the Samaka down. Okay? All of a sudden, Jesus turns into the rock. It's great. Which is funny because I'm this rock. But anyways, he's the cornerstone. It, yeah, Jesus is the rock. Okay? The rock wants to be Jesus. Okay? Dwayne, if you're listening and you're coming to Grand Rapids, you're, you're welcome to take over anytime. Okay? If you submit. Okay. I'm a nerd, bro. Don't even worry about it, okay? Please stop. My beautiful, my beautiful wife. That's why she's a co-pastor, because I lose the plot. <laughs> Jesus is the rock. That's hilarious. So in this moment, in this moment, Jesus, he's not worried about self-preservation. He's worried about soul preservation. He understands that he could very well, he is fully man and fully God at the same time. Don't let that get missed upon you. He wasn't just this good guy. He wasn't just this uh, prophet. He was the son of God. God did everything in his infinite ability to make Jesus happen, to send the word, to put it with flesh on it, and to deliver it to us so that we could live. He was God. He knew in this moment, whatever he asked the Father would happen. He could actually get out of the call of God on his life by asking God for something else. Not the message I came to preach this morning, but there's probably something in that nugget for somebody else as well. You can actually miss the call of God on your life by asking him for something that he doesn't have for you. In this moment, Jesus understood very well that this thing could be over, everyone could be protected, and he wouldn't have to give up his life. But he said, this moment has to happen. This has to happen. This is the way that we fulfill scripture. This is the way that we fulfill what God has spoken over everybody. This is the way that we set the world back as it should be. This is the way that dead people come alive. This is the way that marriages are mended. This is the way that governments are flipped upside down. This is the way that countries are redeemed and marriages are restored and alcoholics and drug abusers are set free. He wasn't worried about self-preservation. He was worried about your soul and your enemy's soul. And liars and scoffers and cheaters and adulterers and politicians and all of these things that we get hot about. I wonder this morning what it would begin to look like in our lives 
If we began to understand that we, yes, we are Judas in this situation. But Jesus died so we can live like Jesus. We are Judas in this situation, but he went to the cross so that we could live like Jesus. Maybe today, church, we leave here and we have a better understanding, a greater revelation that we were befriended like Judas so we could befriend like Jesus. Bars, boy. When it's so good, just say it to yourself. Maybe we were befriended like Judas so that we could befriend like Jesus. I don't know, it's the holidays, but it brings up some stuff from people, okay? We get around tables and we start talking about our differences instead of like what's going on in our lives. That's good. Oh, this is going on. Yeah, I don't really like that because I see myself like this. <laughs> yeah, you should do this. You know, people keep saying that, but I'm really like this. And we start talking about our differences. We start talking about our differences in beliefs. And instead of coming around these tables together as a family and as friends and uniting about what we agree about. And so it raises up this, this anxiety and this worry, this time of year. It has this particular way of vamping up our issues, okay? Though, like, you know how they say, like, marriage magnifies, okay? So do the holidays. <laughs> we get around each other. We get doing these things. We start going. We start putting uh, presents above our prince. Hello. Come on. We start doing all these things. Our life gets out of order. When it's out of order, there's chaos, our lives begin to get out of order in this season because we're living and serving all these other idols instead of loving people like Jesus. And we get consumed and we get confused and we get chaotic. It's not even in my message, but is this helping anybody? Come on. It's insane. And Jesus is like, no, miss me with that. That's not what I came into this world for. That's not what I came to do. I'm not here to bring carnal justice. I'm here to bring heaven justice. I'm not here so you can keep going through the rat race of life. I'm here so that you can be alive and made aware that your neighbor needs you. Yeah. That it might be tough for you to say. It might be uncomfortable for you to do. But you got to get out of your comfort zone and start being a Christian to somebody. Man, Christmas. This is a two-fold message. We are Judas, but man, he rescued us so we could be like Jesus. Can I read you one more piece of scripture? Worship team, you can start making your way up here. Where are we at? Luke 7, 47 says this. Boom. I tell you, her sins, and they are many. This is Jesus saying. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So he, she has shown me much love, but a person who has forgiven little shows only little love. Maybe in this time of the year. Don't worry, guys. I'll scooch over here. Maybe at this time of the year, we start recognizing who and what we are. Jesus, when he called Judas friend, he didn't say it in a snarky, conniving way. He wasn't trying to condemn Judas by naming a place that he had fallen from. He was reminding Jesus, this, or Judas, this is who you are. You are my friend. Right now, you have a label of betrayal. You have a label of liar. You have a label of scoffer, but you are my friend. And it's funny, in this life, when Jesus is referencing this, he says, I tell you this, her sins, and they are many, she's been forgiven. And because she's been forgiven, she shows me a lot of love. And because she's been forgiven, she forgives a lot. There's something about somebody who knows that they're forgiven. It's not that we look back at what Jesus brought us from and we wear this yoke of shame around our neck and it's like, oh, I stole that one time and I'm just a thief and I'm told I'm going to be and 
I told some lies and that's all I'm going to be. And I cheated on this and that's all I'm going to be. And, but thank God for a Jesus. Thank God that he saw fit that some rubbish like me can just live some semblance of a glorified life. No, that's not what he came to do. We don't look at what he, where he's brought us and what he's rescued us out of. And then wear that like a noose around our neck waiting for God to come back through and pull the string on the other end. No. We look back from where he brought us because those who have been forgiven much, we forgive much. Those who have been loved much, we love much. We don't look back at what he's done and go, woe is me, shame on me. You know, we look at what he's done and we go to people living that same life and we go, shame off you. I don't know about you, but I want this Christmas to change me. I don't want another Christmas where I have a yoke of doubt and of guilt and a shame around my neck. I want to live a free life. Jesus' birth was about getting the word to us. Jesus' death was about taking our chains off us. And Jesus' resurrection, his resurrection was to enable us to live a free life, to live a life from a place of being his friend. I wish somebody would just say right now, I'm a friend of God. Can we just say it like we believe it this morning? I'm a friend of God. Would you stand up? We're about to worship our faces up. Because we're a friend of God. We couldn't earn it. We don't deserve it. But man, when that carnal justice was calling our name, our God brought heavenly justice to us. Amen. With every head bowed and eye closed right now. We're about to worship, and I don't know, I don't know who this is for, but I really don't want nobody looking around. I know this isn't, this isn't what you think it is. This is just a moment for the moment that's about to happen. I feel like there's some people in here this morning that you got some unforgiveness that something happened to you in 2019. Something happened to you in 2018. Something happened back in 2010 when this whole decade got lifted off. And man, you've been living with unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, bitterness, it's taken root in your heart. And you're beginning to taste a little bit different when you talk to people. You're going to begin to look at them a little bit different when they have shortcomings. You're beginning to have a little bit more condemnation in your life instead of conviction to forgive them. Again, this is shame off you. This is a good moment. If that's you, if that resonates with you, this is the moment where you get to take your heart and you say, heart, we've been forgiven much, so we're going to forgive much. We've been loved much, so we're going to love much. We're not going to go into 2020. We're not going to start this fresh year. We're not going to go into this with this noose of bitterness in our heart. We're not going to go with this cinder block around our ankles. We're going to walk free. And so when we get ready to sing this reckless love of God, we're going to lift up our praises. We're going to lift up a shout. We're going to lift up our voice. But as we're doing that, let's just start audibly believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth that we forgive our mom. 
We forgive our dad. We forgave our old pastor. We forgave our old leadership. We forgave our ex. We forgive our wife. We forgive our husband. Whomever it is today, whom the sun sets free, it's free indeed. And if you want to be free, lift off that noose. Amen. Worship team, would you just start singing? We're going to vamp this thing up. Let's go.